Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Ninjas podcast. We're so happy to have you back here. You're here with Rachel and Kristen, your Nutrition Ninjas, as we share all the things that we've learned about food and nutrition and all things healthy. So today's episode is going to be focused on the meat and eggs group. In our series of going through all the different food groups, it's now time to talk about the meat and eggs group or lump them together and just kind of call them the protein group. So first of all, a good thing to know would be how much protein do we actually need in a day. And while it will vary based on your age, your activity level, your gender, um, and on average, the average American female needs around 45-ish grams of protein a day, while the average American male needs around 55 grams of protein a day. And the other big thing to mention with protein is that you can't get it all just in one sitting. So it doesn't do you a lot of good to have one of those crazy high-protein shakes that has, like, 75 grams of protein just in one little bottle um, because you can only absorb between 20 and 30 grams at a time. But before we get into any more about the meat-egg protein group, Rachel, have you learned any new fun things that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. I was reading an article recently It is, we're in the midst of flu season, and I'm sure everyone has heard that this flu season has been a particularly bad one. Um, So I was reading an article about how you can help decrease your risk of getting the flu, or if you do get the flu, how to make sure that it doesn't hit you as bad through your eating habits and through nutrition. So the first step was to make sure you're eating enough protein. So it's perfect that we're doing this podcast for you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, protein and also zinc um, because most protein foods are really high in zinc um, which is important for boosting your immune system Um, the next tip was to eat a lot of different colors of fruits and vegetables to get an assortment of vitamins like we talked about with our previous two podcasts so we really are just on the ball with this we anticipated flu season was coming. Um, (laughs) So especially vitamins A and C are immune enhancing. Um, So eat all your colorful fruits and vegetables. If you want to learn more about that, listen to our other two podcasts. Um, And the next tip was about strengthening your gut microbiome. Um, So Mm. all the good bacteria in your gut those can help improve your immunity as well. So eating foods that have probiotics in them, things like yogurt, Kristen's kefir. Oh! <laughs> yep. Also sauerkraut, um, kombucha, tempeh, those all have a lot of um, good bacteria in them. And then the last tip is not so much related to food, but just healthy lifestyle in general trying to reduce your stress levels and increase your self-care. When your body is stressed, it becomes harder for you to fight off infections. So try to take a little bit of time for yourself to just kind of wind down and relax. Mm, 
Those are all great tips. Yes, yes. Kristen, do you have any new foods that may potentially help us fight the flu? Yes. So it's not a food, although you can make it into a food, but it is a drink that has become increasingly popular recently called matcha, which is a type of tea. And it's kind of cool because the word matcha, ma, means powder, and cha means tea. So it, like, literally means powdered tea, which is what it is, a powdered green tea. So they take the leaves, um, and they harvest them younger and grind them up into a fine powder. And then um, you can mix it, like, with water or add milk and make it more like a latte um, and drink it all up, and it's really delicious. Um, Some of the benefits um, are the same benefits that we would see with regular green tea or any other kind of tea, Um, but matcha, since it is ground up and you get the whole powder, um, it's kind of like you get an even stronger dose. So it can be really um, energizing, but without the jitteriness because it has less caffeine than coffee, but also has an amino acid. that while it leads to, like, higher alertness, it says that it also um, helps keep the mind, like, focused and not, like, overly excited or agitated that some people can feel with, like, just straight caffeine or coffee. Um, And lots of other benefits, too, like strengthening the immune system with antioxidants and all that great kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah, if you haven't tried matcha, there's lots of different companies out there, and some are really expensive, um, but some are pretty reasonably priced as well. And I tried the Mazumba um, brand, which is the only kind that I've tried, so that's the only one I can attest to, but it's really delicious. So if you haven't tried it, go out and try some. Mm, what's your favorite way to use matcha? Ooh, probably in a latte. Um, just adding some milk or this week I tried it with coconut milk and then a little splash of vanilla flavoring as well. And that was really good. Yeah, that sounds super good. I'm going to have to, I've never tried matcha, so I'm going to have to go try it. Yeah. Try it and report back. Okay. Will do. Will do. All, All right. right. Well, should we jump into protein? Let's do it. Um, Let's start out with chicken. I feel like, at least down south, chicken kind of is, well, I feel like it's like the most basic meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very popular. Easy to put into anything. Definitely. And I feel like chicken is kind of a blank canvas. You can really, you can do a lot of different things Mm -hmm. with it. Um, Chicken's actually pretty protein dense. like, of course, because it's meat, but even amongst the meat, it tends to be, or poultry in general, tends to be lower in, relatively low in fat and pretty high in protein. Um, so, yeah, sorry, not only chicken, but all kinds of poultry, like turkey, duck, quail, pheasant, if you want to get fancy. Um, <laughs> those are all, all birds, of course. Um, and it's kind of, Divided up into white meat and dark meat. So your white meat is going to be a little bit leaner. Um, your dark meat is going to have a little more fat. Um, 
Now, I personally, I like the taste of dark meat better, so I'm okay with getting a little more fat because I prefer the taste. But um, it's up to you. If you want it extra lean, then go for the white meat. Um, Poultry is also a really good source of some of the B vitamins, especially vitamin B6. Um, It's also rich in phosphorus and selenium. So those are all kind of needed for our bodies. Um, There's kind of, I guess, if we're talking about nutrition debates about chicken, you hear a lot about, like, all the hormones that they add to chicken and Mm. the antibiotics and how chickens are pumped full of, you know, both of these things. (laughs) But actually, no chicken in the U.S. is allowed to contain antibiotics or hormones. Um, Artificial hormones are banned in the U.S. for the use in chickens. Um, And then there's also the deal with the free-range versus cage-free versus, um, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, confined. So all chickens have to have at least access to the outdoors. Now, you know, granted, what, how much access do they get? How big is that area? I don't know. Um, but if it says something like free range, um, that just means that the chicken has actually, oh, there's no standards for the size of the outdoor area. Um, so all birds do have access to the outdoors, but it just, there's no standards for mm, the time that they spend outside or the space that they get outside. Um, so is that so kind of similar to, to like natural where there's not a ton of guidelines as to what is? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of regulation. Gotcha. Um, so when you so see, a good marketing tool. Yeah, exactly. When you see buzzwords like that, it may not necessarily mean that it's any better. It's just that they use those buzzwords that have very loose definitions. Um, Yeah, so I honestly, when I shop for chicken, I don't buy the expensive organic chicken. Um, If you want to, that's, you know, your preference. But to me, the benefits don't outweigh the (laughs) cost. <laughs> yeah, because it can be pretty pricey. Yeah, yeah, it can be for sure. What's your favorite way to eat any of the birds? Mm. Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, when I was younger, I loved chicken nuggets and chicken <laughs> Now my tastes are a little more refined. <laughs> I actually, I really like to put chicken in the crock pot. Um, just because it makes it so, like, tender and you don't have to do that much with it. Because um, sometimes handling raw meat is a little bit intimidating. So if you just put it in a crock pot with whatever, and I feel like you can add a bunch of different flavors, too. Like, you could do a Mexican theme or an Asian theme or an Italian theme. Um, so I feel like you can get a lot of variety that way. I think that's my favorite thing to do with it. What about you? That's a great tip with the handling because it can be very intimidating. So 
Yep, mm-hmm. putting in the crock pot's a great one. I really like, I mean, on the same lines of the chicken nuggets, I love, like, homemade chicken tenders, just cutting, like, chicken breasts or chicken tenderloins and dipping them in egg and panko and baking them. It's just fun, and, yeah, I think it reminds me of childhood. So that would be mm-hmm. one of my favorite yeah. ways. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, that's a great way to make the chicken without frying it. Like, you can just bread it and bake it in the oven instead of deep frying it. Exactly. And you still get that crispy coating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, going along with that, which came first, the chicken or the egg in our discussion, the chicken, but now we're going to talk about the egg. <laughs> so... Eggs are an incredible source of protein, and I know since I lived with Rachel that both of us are pretty obsessed with (laughs) using eggs in our daily life, and not only are they a great source of protein and a lot of vitamins, but they also are super cheap. Um, On average, currently, an egg will cost you about 10 cents. 10 cents, people. That's crazy. And with that comes about 7 grams of protein. So that's pretty good bang for your buck um, when looking at protein um, per dollar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest kind of myths, I guess you could call it, around the incredible edible egg is <laughs> the cholesterol standpoint. Um, for, I think I read, like, the last, it started, like, 40-ish years ago, um, this idea of there being too much cholesterol in eggs and we needed to cut back on them. Um, but really more research is showing us that it's not the cholesterol in foods that raises our blood cholesterol, which is super confusing, but more so the saturated fat and the amount of fat um, or just overall excess energy calorie consumption um, that can lead to poor lipid levels. And so eating eggs um, can definitely fit into a healthy diet. Um, We also have learned how to um, breed chickens and eggs so that we have overall just less cholesterol in the eggs themselves. And also have been able to breed them so that we can increase the amount of vitamin D in eggs, which I did not know until doing some research for this podcast. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. They raised it um, about 64% the amount of vitamin D. Um, Wow. So, yeah. Good job, USDA. (laughs) You get a lot of flack, but... That's a great thing to increase the amount of vitamin D because a lot of people are deficient in that. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is the whole, do you keep the egg? Do we just use the egg white? Because you can, I think an egg white has between 15 and 20 calories and still has a pretty good amount of protein. However, I just hate the idea of wasting any food. And not only that, but the yolk is where there's also a good amount of protein in most of the vitamins and minerals. Um, and you need that amount of fat in the yolk to help those vitamins and minerals that accompany it absorb better. So 
unless you're on like a very strict diet, really no reason to throw the yolk out. Yes, preach. I get so sad when people throw away the yolks. Yes, they're so delicious. Yeah, and it's where all the good stuff is. Yep. Keep the yolks, people. Mm-hmm. Kristen, do you have a I favorite egg dish? Yes. And it is boring, but incredible. It's just the fried egg with the runny yolk. It adds a touch of flavor and creaminess to anything, whether it's a bowl of grits with some roasted vegetables in it or avocado toast. Really, a fried egg goes well with anything. So that's my favorite way to do it. What about you? I totally agree. I'm all about that runny yolk. I do think it adds, <laughs> like, the creaminess. You're right. Like, you don't need to add, like, extra sauce or cheese and stuff. Just let the egg yolk be your creamy sauce. It's so good. Um, yes. I also really love poached eggs, um, oh. which is just, like, a, an egg that you pretty much you crack it in boiling water so it it's a, like a boiled egg, but outside of its shell. And that, too, can have, like, the runny yolk, which I love. It is, I think, very difficult. Rachel does a great job of it, has mastered the tactic, but mine break every single time, and then I just have a mess in the um, pot. So yeah. watch a YouTube video first or get Rachel to teach you how. Yeah, I watched a lot of, I Googled it very frequently and tried to find the best <laughs> sources. WikiHow is a pretty good source for how to put ah, it. So, okay. Tip right okay. there. Um, and then if you need visual assistance, YouTube it. <laughs> All, All right. right. Any more fun info on the eggs? Okay. Excellent. Okay. So let's talk about fish and seafood. Um, this category is pretty broad. There are probably billions of aquatic creatures that we don't even know about. Um, <laughs> but the big ones that I'll just kind of talk about are fish and shrimp, scallops. I guess there's lobster too, crab, um, mussels, oysters. Really, I'll mostly talk about fish. Um, so I'm sure most people know that fish is a great source of those healthy omega-3 fatty acids. Um, fish is also a good source of protein, of course. Um, the debate when it comes to fish, a lot of what I've seen is kind of the wild-caught versus farm-raised, and then also concern about the mercury content of fish. Um, so when looking at mercury, the fish that tend to be higher in mercury are the bigger ones that eat the little fish. Um, so things like king mackerel, swordfish, marlin, bluefin tuna, and orange ruffy, those tend to be ones that could potentially be higher in mercury. So if that's something you're concerned about, maybe avoid those fish. Um, and then as far as wild-caught versus farm-raised, there's different pluses and minuses. So wild-caught is going to have a more natural diet. Um, the fish are free to swim wherever, so they're not confined in a tight space. There's not a lot of, um, like, germs and bacteria that could be spreading amongst them. Um, so they will have less contaminants. Um, but 
supposedly farm-raised fish might be lower in mercury because their diet's a little more controlled. Um, So just some things to think about. Um, Some wild-caught fish that are high in omega-3s but also low in mercury would be wild-caught salmon, halibut, anchovies, and sardines, surprisingly. So um, I think the golden standard would be like a wild-caught salmon. It'll be <laughs> low in mercury and high in those omega-3s. And delicious. Yes, definitely. Do you have a favorite fish, Kristen? Mine would have to be salmon. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love just a good piece of salmon. Doesn't really need anything else to cover it or give it flavor. Just the fish in and of itself. It's really delicious. Yeah. I think growing up in the Midwest, it's a little bit more difficult. I don't have the best viewpoint of fish because most of what we get is either frozen or canned or in the pouches. So I'm not the best judge or guide for the fish world. Do you have any tips for those of us that are landlocked, how we can still get in fish or have enjoy the deliciousness of it without maybe being able to have it fresh? Yeah, I've been kind of spoiled. I Living in South Carolina, we're pretty close to the coast, so um, we have easy access. But honestly, I still buy frozen fish, um, and I I think it's still pretty good. Um, and even, yeah, if you're trying to get just, you're trying to eat more fish but want kind of a low-cost, easy thing, those packets of tuna are actually not bad. Um, yeah, I don't know where else you would get, I don't know how you'd get fresh fish out in the Midwest. <laughs> Maybe catfish, if there are, like, catfish farms. True. There. Yes, there are catfish farms around. Okay. That's a good point. I've never even had catfish. Yeah, you know, I actually haven't either. Maybe a little off topic, but I'm just curious. Are fish fries, like during the Lent season, a thing in the South? Kind of. Um, because the South is not, it doesn't have a very high Catholic population, like, the Catholic churches will have fish fries, but nobody else really does them. Okay. Yeah. Are they pretty big in the Midwest? They are. They're huge. Mm. So, so I'm excited to see. I never really took advantage of them, but I plan to go to a few this year and see, you know, what kind of fish is being served and get in some of those omega-3s like we've talked about. Yeah. What is your favorite way to eat fish, Rachel? Well, I actually really like shrimp. Um, I'm a big fan of especially shrimp and grits. That might be, like, one of my favorite things. Um, and I try to – shrimp and grits can be a very – we'll say a very heavy dish. Um, <laughs> traditionally, there's a lot of – butter and maybe bacon and um, <laughs> not the most healthy, but I like to make my own and kind of lighten it up and then add some like mushrooms and peppers and vegetables just to kind of make it a little healthier 
and I do. I really love shrimp. It cooks really fast. Um, it's pretty easy. Um, for a long time, going, people would be worried about shrimp just as far as the cholesterol goes, but similar to the eggs, we found that dietary cholesterol really doesn't affect your body's cholesterol as much as your intake of saturated fats, just like Kristen said. So I'm a big proponent of shrimp. Nice. And her shrimp and grits are incredible for anyone that was wondering. Oh, thank you. That was one of the first meals we had together when we... That is so true. ...roomed, yeah. Kristen made me steak and potatoes, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I made shrimp and grits. Yes. Which perfectly transitions us now into the red meats. So along with red meats, we're going to focus on beef, of course, pork, and then also lamb. Um, And Rachel is going to have to cut me off if I start taking too long because I literally could talk about all the myths surrounding red meat and get a little fired (laughs) up about it. Since I'm from a cattle farm, um, I've been around it and have seen firsthand both sides, like the nutrition from doing our dietetic schooling, but also um, the other side of raising um, pork and cattle um, with, like, the taking care of the animals and the environment part of it, too. So it's something really close to my heart. Um, And there's definitely a lot of different conflicting arguments. Um, One of them is definitely the grass-fed versus grain-fed. And I'm just going to put it out there that whatever your preferences, go with that. Um, There's arguments that grass-fed is a lot healthier because it's lower in fat. Um, And also there's claims that, like, that would be better for the environment and on and on, lots of different things. Um, However... In some places, like especially here in the Midwest, it would be impossible for um, our cows to graze on pasture and grass all year long because currently we have a foot of snow on the ground. So that would be very difficult and our cows would die. So that would not be good, um, which is why we turn to feeding them with grain such as um, like corn or wheat, barley, sorghum. Um, some people like the grass-fed taste, um, it's more like gamey, natural taste, you could say. Um, grain-fed does, on average, have a little bit higher fat content, um, and that can make it a lot more tender. So really, overall, pick the one that you like the best and stick to the appropriate portion sizes, and you don't need to worry about anything. There's also, along with that, the big question of does red meat cause cancer? Um, There have been studies that show, like, the increase in cancer, but a lot of those focus on red meats that are processed and have a lot of Mm -hmm. additives as well as salt put into them. Um, And also, when you, like, grill or fry um, red meats, you um, 
can get those carcinogenic chemicals with like the charring of that meat or of the fat on the meat, which is another big aspect that plays into it. So, yeah, I think that's a really important point that it's a lot of it has to do with the way you cook it. Exactly. Just in the way that potatoes in and of themselves have a lot to offer nutritionally. Um, but when you fry them up and have them as a <laughs> McDonald's like a French fry, maybe not the best choice for your health. The same exact thing goes with red meat. Um, Pick the leaner cuts. Um, don't burn them to like a blackened <laughs> crust. Um, and have about three to four ounces three to four times a week, and you're good to go. There was also a study that Rachel found um, that showed how there were equal reductions in body weight and measures of heart health um, when um, participants in the study went on a high-protein diet either rich in red meat or restricted in red meat. Um, And the conclusions were just that both were effective for decreasing body weight and improving body composition and cardiovascular health or of plant proteins. As Rachel mentioned earlier, some of the nutrients that are really high in red meat, um, protein, of course, um, but also zinc, which Rachel was talking about, that's really important for our immune system and fighting off bacteria and viruses. Also iron, which a large amount of people in the population, especially young females, are deficient in. Um, It's a great source of iron, one of the best sources out there. Also selenium and thiamine and like all the B vitamins and riboflavin. Um, And this goes for all of the red meats, so beef, pork, and lamb. Um, Also, one fun fact, lamb has a lower omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. So go out there and try some lamb. Yeah, the very forgotten meat. (laughs) (laughs) I would also say one thing about pork that's kind of a fun fact. Chicken in, like, a skinless chicken breast is seen, I think, as, like, the gold standard for low-fat, high-protein, super, super healthy piece of protein, which it is. Um, But a pork tenderloin is actually just a little bit leaner than a skinless chicken breast. Wow. So in looking for lean cuts, especially with pork, um, just think about Loin and chop. If those are in the name, like a tenderloin or any kind of a pork chop, um, that's a good indication that they're a lean cut of meat. Oh, that's a good tip. And like with beef, um, there's like the beef sirloin or the top loin or the tenderloin. That's also a good indication that it's a pretty lean cut. Okay. Can you so think of any meat? other big, outstanding arguments about the red meats? 
I don't think so. I think you covered it really well. Um, if you guys want to look more into that study that Kristen was talking about, it's called the Beef Wise Study. So beef and then W-I-S-E. Um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty large study. So just some interesting information if you want to be informed. Yeah, and we can post favorite? it on our site too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what's your favorite cut of red meat? Oh, I love T-bone. It is definitely my favorite cut of beef. Just a T-bone from my family farm that my dad grills up on a <laughs> summer day is perfect recipe for a satisfying mm. dinner. What about uh, yeah, you? I've had that T-bone. Kristen's seen it before. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, I really like the, like a filet, um, a nice, uh, like center cut filet, super tender. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. gotta have it medium rare, um, or medium, but I can't, a, a steak that's cooked well done to me is like ruined. Yes. Preach. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Um, go eat your eat your meat if you want to now yeah we're not saying that you if you want to be vegetarian if you choose not to eat any meat um, that is totally fine but don't eliminate it just because you think that meat is not healthy because it definitely can be exactly and I think one thing to mention if you are getting all of your protein from plant sources It definitely can be done, but just make sure that you're getting a good variety. Even if you're eating fish, seafood, um, red meat, white meat sources, also still get a variety. But if you're only doing those plant sources, a variety is really important because um, the plants um, are what we call non-complete proteins, and they don't have all of the amino acids in all of them. So. Just vary them up and get a good variety, and then you'll make sure to hit all of those amino acids. Yes, that's a great tip. All right. Well, before we close, um, Kristen, what has been making you smile? One of the big things that's been making me smile is trying new things in the kitchen. I have gotten a chance to experiment with like using that matcha tea powder that we talked about earlier in a few different ways, which I can post some pictures of if my little cookie sandwiches turn out, Um, and also trying a new crock pot soup today. And, yeah, it's just fun and exciting to try a new recipe and a new combination of foods and see how they turn out. That is exciting. What about you, Rachel? Um, I've been smiling as I think about things that are coming up in the future, um, mostly warmer weather. (laughs) Um, It's like just starting here, at least. It's like just starting to get a little bit warmer. Um, Right now, it's kind of rainy, but it's still warmer than it has been. So I'm really hoping that it's going to stay warmer and that soon the sun will come out and it will be springtime, and I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yes, I agree. 
Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope that you learned a little bit about meat and protein today. Um, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we love all kinds of feedback that you can give us. And we hope that you guys have an excellent week. Until we talk to you again, bye.